And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, Vincent Price stars as Simon Templer, also known as The Saint from 1951. Then Art Linkletter proves that people are funny from 1956. But first, let me say hello to my engineer and executive producer, Mike Costello. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Good. You know, Lisa's not here this week. Is she scoring uh, the world? Or she's in Something. her plane. She's in her airplane somewhere. Yeah, she's all over the place. And uh, she she said hello to everybody. She'll be back here next week. You know, hopefully we can pay her enough money to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when uh, when you make as much money as she does, it's hard to motivate her. Right. You know, to come in and do the show. But I think she's only hanging around so far because of uh, the cruise that you guys got coming up. Yeah, she's all excited about the cruise. That's for sure. And that cruise, folks is February 16th through the 23rd, 2019. To learn all about it and to sail with us on Royal Caribbean on the largest cruise ship in the ocean on the Symphony of the Seas, just go to our website, hollywood360radio.com. There's a pop-up. Learn all about it. Click through to Kelly Cruises, and uh, they will assist you and let you know all about the cruise, what the cost is, and how to be on board with us. We're going to have all kinds of fun and events uh, revolved around Classic Radio. It's called the Classic Radio Cruise, and uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. I hope you'll join us. All right, it's time now for a good detective adventure of the Saint. This stars Vincent Price in The Missing Bridegroom. Let's go back to February 11th, 1951, for part one now of The Saint. The Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Personally, lady, the name is Louie, but... Please hurry. Okay, but where to? I don't care. You don't... Uh, I don't like to mention this, lady, but I think you mislaid your groom. What? Of course, a girl getting married, she's kind of excited. Maybe she forgets a little something here and there, but lady, not your husband. I'm not married. Look, you're all dressed up like a bride. You come running out of that church. They was having a wedding there. They thought they were, but... Oh, <laughs> I want Jimmy. Look, please, lady, don't, don't, don't cry. If I had Jimmy, I'd give him to you. Who's Jimmy? 
I love him. And we were going to get married, and I went to the church, and everybody was there except... Except... Jimmy. Yes. Uh I called everywhere. I know something terrible must have happened to him. Uh Uh-huh. For a girl in your position, you know what I think you need? What? A saint. Mr. Temple, I hope you don't mind our barging in like this. Of course not, Louie. But you see, this here is... Uh, oh. I'm Carol Blair. Uh-huh, Miss Blair. But by this time, she's supposed to have been Mrs... Snyder. Yeah, but she ain't on account of Mr. Snyder. Didn't show up at the altar. So, <laughs> Miss Blair, um, please sit down. Thank you. Uh, here, have a handkerchief. I don't want a handkerchief. I want Jimmy. Well, I don't have Jimmy. I might perhaps try to find him. Oh, Mr. Temple. Whether I can or not is something else again. However, have you thought of the possibility that he might have changed his mind about matrimony? Oh, no, he wouldn't have. He loves me. Well, Mr. uh, Templer, there's nothing that could have kept Jimmy from marrying me. Nothing except death. Thank you for bringing me home, Mr. Templer. You're very welcome, Carol. I'm sorry I cried so much. Well, I'll call you as soon as I have any news. Good night. Yeah. Miss Blair lives in a in a very mansion, that mansion. Mm, so she does. Well, let's go, Louie. Okay. Where to? James Snyder's apartment. Uh-huh. You think maybe he overslept? I doubt it. Hey, Mr. Templer. I read a book once. Sir, I wouldn't brood about it, Louis. No, listen. In this here book, a girl's fella don't show up to marry her on account of he's dead. You know, on account of somebody killed him? Oh, well, that would explain why he's dead, all right. <laughs> yeah, so the girl says sounds. In those days, girls used to say sounds. Uh, that ain't what Miss Carol Blair said. Well, I guess she didn't read the book. Well, probably too busy clipping her coupon. Oh. She's loaded, huh? She is loaded. Well... Money and everything. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's what James Snyder thought. Huh? Oh, yeah, Miss Blair told us he was broke, yeah. Hey, I got the solution. Yes, Louie? Yeah, maybe he got a job. Well, this here is a very fancy-type hallway, Mr. Temple. So it is. Gaudy, but not neat. One C, one C. Hmm, yes, here it is. How can a guy with no dough afford to live here? Well, we'll ask him if he answers that doorbell. Uh-huh. He's in. Hello. Ooh. Except he's a she. <laughs> Good evening. Uh, may we come in? All right. Thank you. Mr. Templer. Maybe she's why Snyder didn't show up. I think we stop here, no? Yes, uh, uh, Miss... Uh, I am Marie. Oh, Marie. Uh, well, this is Louis. Hello. Yeah, and I'm Simon Templer. Ah, you are the same. <laughs> I'm afraid I am. Uh, spending the winter here? In this apartment? <laughs> right now, I am reading the book, you see. Mm, book on American history. You're a student. What do you think? I think you graduated. Uh, say, uh, why the book, then? Well, I'm not so long in this country, and I wish to learn about... The American people? American men. Oh, they're not that different from Frenchmen. Maybe so, but it's the little difference that counts, hmm? <laughs> Perhaps. You know, there are better ways of learning than from books. Why don't you ask Jimmy? He is out. 
Yes? Yes. He's marrying himself. <laughs> oh, it is not right what I'm saying. He's marrying a girl. Yeah, that's more usual. You don't mind? I do not mind. Well, sometimes close friends of the groom do. They say things like, uh, what on earth does he see in her? But I am knowing what he sees in her. Be careful. One million dollars. He's not bad. He's fine. Well, that is, Carol is a very pretty girl, too, despite her million dollars. Who cares? <laughs> because you'll probably laugh and laugh and... Uh, <laughs> uh, are you Jimmy's sister? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. But if you're not his sister, you... Must be, uh... You look very pretty in red, Simon, but it is not necessary to blush. I am Jimmy's... Whoop, Kitty, it's time for bed. Wife. You said wife? Wife. Excuse me, huh? Hello? Huh? He's not here. Monsieur Templer is here. Goodbye. Was the doorman... I was saying... You said you were Jimmy's wife. It's true. Well, then if he'd married Carol, it would have also been bigamy. Ah, uh, we were divorced in Mexico last year. Not his wife. I am fine. The lawyers say divorce not so good. So now Jimmy marry a rich girl? Maybe Jimmy gives me a big present. Big present, huh? There's another name for it. Is so? Is so. The other name is blackmail. You're a funny man. I haven't been trying. Maybe you go away now, huh? Mary, hmm? I have news for you. What kind of news? Jimmy didn't show up at the altar. You make the joke once more. No joke. It's terrible. Which means that Jimmy hasn't married that million dollars yet. I think of the poor girl who waits at the altar. Almost I cry for her. Your eyes are dry. I said almost. Goodbye. You want to be alone? From you, yes. Goodbye also to you. Hmm? Oh, Oh, thanks for remembering me in time to say goodbye, uh, Mr. Templer. We're leaving, Louis. Except, uh, Marie, if you happen to run into Jimmy... Yes? Advise him to be very careful. So? To date, he's left one woman at the altar, another in his apartment. <laughs> He'd be safer juggling dynamite. About Marie's character, I got nothing to say. But about her figure... Louis. I also got nothing to say. <laughs> Oh, I can dream. It's dark. Yeah, it usually is at this time of night. I know, but it don't hurt to mention it. Back to the cab? Uh, I suppose so. Mm -hmm. Hey, you Templar? Huh? Me? Yeah. Who wants to know? Who's asking you? You are? So figure it out. All right. You got a pencil and paper, maybe? Oh, wise guy. If you don't mind my intruding, I'm Simon Templar. Well, thanks for telling me, Zillick. No, Hey, you can't. I did. I don't move too quick. Him, I gave the butt, but it's you I'm pointing the business in. Get in the car. Not just yet. If you hurt Louie... You want to get shot? Not especially. First, I'm going to look at Louie. Oh, he's unconscious. Hey, what was the idea? Well, all I wanted was you, so let's get going. Huh? But Louie... From what I gave him, he'll wake up, but you won't if you don't get in the car. Oh, very well. Your name would be, um... You already know mine. Where are we going? That's what you're going to tell me. I am? Yeah. Because we're on our way to visit Jimmy Snyder. You've told me. Just so happens his uh, present address slips my mind, so... Give, huh? Or else? No, no. Tonight we don't play. 
Tonight it's for keeps. Take me to Snyder. Nobody likes to die. This is where you live, huh? Not quite yet. Hallways are so drafty. Huh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Snyder's in your apartment? We'll be inside in a moment. Hold it. Hold what? Shut up. Okay. Move slow, straight ahead. You uh, mean now you've cased the joint? I mean, I wanted to get that light out. Now, uh, Kepler. Yes? I don't see Snyder. You know, now that you mention it, I don't see him either. You could overdo that light stuff. You really think so? Who is he? I don't know. But he might be along at any moment. Yeah? Why not? How would you like a slap in the eye? Put your gun down and try it. Why, you... Paul. Besides, would Marie approve of your language? (laughs) Not to mention your tactics. Well, she don't have to. I'm the one that gives the orders and... Oh, thank you. Oh, what? Telling me that you're the person who spoke to her over the phone a little while ago, back at Snyder's apartment. Explains how you happen to know I was there. Forget it. Now, what I want to know is when is Snyder going to show here? Of course, he may have mislaid his timetable. Yeah. Or perhaps even his life. Hey, Templar. Yes? I'm beginning to think that Snyder maybe ain't going to show. There's a beginning. It shows promise. In time, you may have lots of little thoughts all your very you own. You said... I said he might be along. I offered no guarantees. Nobody's offered a guarantee on your life. In sheer oversight. You could be playing me for a dope. Oh, good heavens, no. Are you a dope? Where's Snyder? Well, men who have just been married usually spend the time immediately thereafter. No, no, no. He ducked the church. Oh, that's interesting. But how did you know? I know. Something else, however, that you don't know. What's that? The door behind you has just been sneaked open very, very softly. Huh? 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 Oh, I amuse you? <laughs> you kill me. You're so funny. You exaggerate. I'm not the one who may kill you. There's a revolver barrel poking its snout around the edge of that door. Point of it's aimed at you. Well, I don't take my eyes off you, mister. I don't suppose there's anything I could say that would stop that little stranger from shooting, whoever he or she is. I do dislike having my home used as a shooting gallery, though. Neighbors complain. So, Mr. Dugan, would you mind going away and being shot someplace else? I am staying right here. Oh. Get out of my way. No. Oh, you fool. I want to go after whoever shot you. No, that's a trick. Some kind of trick. You moving up. Lieutenant Archer, homicide. Hello, Lieutenant. This is Simon Temple. Uh, Lieutenant Archer just grabbed his Nash for a quick trip to the Upper Amazon. <laughs> Lieutenant Archer hasn't got a Nash. He's doing it the hard way. Good night. Lieutenant. Yeah? Look, stop gnashing your teeth and guess what I've got. I wouldn't want it. I'm a married man. His name used to be Dugan. Anthony Dugan. I don't like him. Someone else didn't like him harder. So now he's dead. Where? My apartment. At the killer there, too? I'm sorry, no. Well, get in touch with me when you do. All right, Lieutenant. I'll be right down, Simon. Uh, he doesn't make a pretty corpse. He makes a very dead one, though. Friend of yours? Lieutenant, neither of us really care. Yeah, I... Company, Simon. Who? Oh, Louie. Louie, he says. 
That's what he said. Louis, you're not hurt. No. No, in my family, everybody goes around with two heads. Well, there was nothing I could do. Hang out with the saint and see Johns Hopkins from a bottle. Mr. Templer, where is that hooligan? I'm going to... That's him? Yes, Louis. But he ain't ain't breathing. No, Louis. Lieutenant. Yeah? Louis and I have an errand. You mind our leaving? Thanks for asking. So long. Goodbye. Louis? Coming. But to where? I think perhaps it's time we visited Carol Blair. Uh Uh-huh. You think maybe she needs help? Help? Or an alibi? Looks like the mansion is all closed up for the night. I hope not. Maybe she's asleep, huh? She is. She hasn't read the right books. A woman who's just been left at the altar never sleeps. No, they don't get sleepy. I have nothing but nothing to say to the press. Who is he? I don't know. To me, he looks like an outfielder from left field, I might add. Louis, Louis. I uh, beg your pardon. You, sir, would be... Uh... Theobald A. Blair. Uh, what does the A stand for? Artaxerxes. Uh, you may make all the jokes after I shut the door. Good night. We are coming in, Mr. Blair. <clears throat> Thank you. Pushing type. Aren't you? Only when necessary. You're Carol's father? Uncle, young man. Uncle. And who are you? Simon Templer. <clears throat> this is Louis. Mm-hmm. Tonight, everybody goes, hmm? Why does he have to use a question mark for me? Your niece asked me to help her, Mr. Blair. Carol is a young idiot. Youth has no monopoly on idiocy. Uh, I'm almost square. Something that hasn't happened to me in years. How about an offer of employment? The last one I received was in the early 30s. Since then, no one's been vulgar enough to... uh, That is hardly your concern, is it? It might be. Uh, By the way, Marie sends her love. Good heavens, sir. Not here. I beg your pardon? Well, we're men of the world, true, but still... Then you knew Jimmy was married? I, uh... Would you like a spot of something? Truth. I'm afraid we're temporarily out of that commodity. Dugan is dead, Mr. Blair. Indeed. How pleasant to discover that thugs like him are mortal. Were you the one who tested his mortality? Uh, he was murdered, huh? Mm. No doubt whoever murdered him did so with the best of intentions. It wasn't I, however... You haven't asked me where Jimmy is. You haven't implied that you know. Do you? No. You want to know? Of course I do. In order to test his mortality? Nonsense. I wanted Jimmy to Medicare. Wanted it very badly. Uncle, I heard... Oh, Mr. Templer. Yeah, and Louis. I'm keeping the franchise open. Hello, Louis. Hello. I hope you weren't asleep. Oh, no, I couldn't. Simon, have you found Jimmy? No, I did find Marie, however. Who was Marie? Uncle Theobald can tell you, probably with more details than I would know. Uncle? Uh, She, uh, well, that is, she used to be, uh, well, friendly with Jimmy at one time. Friendly? Well, yes, you might say that. As a matter of fact, she carried it to the extent of marrying him. Oh, no. Uncle, you're joking. Now, 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 my dear, perhaps you'd uh, better lie down. Uncle, I've warned you time and time again, I'm not a child. I never thought you were. I Oh, Mr. Templer, it isn't true, is it? That Jimmy was married? I'm afraid it is. But it can't be. Otherwise, why would he have, have... ...been ready to marry you? But he was under the impression that he'd been divorced from his first wife. Oh, and the divorce wasn't any good. So it seemed. Then, then Jimmy did love me. Jimmy would be the best one to answer that. Which reminds me, uh, Louie and I have another errand to perform. What errand? I can't tell as yet whether it would be a matter for the police or for the medical examiner. <laughs>
Temple, you're excited. Worried. What about Marie? Yeah, that's why we're ringing your doorbell. Mm, no answer. Locked. I don't like that. Not much of a lock. Don't look now, but you just ruined that lock. It's not important. What is important is... Oh. Ooh, Marie. Yes. Blood on her nightgown. Shot, huh? Yes, close range. Trail of blood leads from the couch there to this overturned end table. You mean she crawled after Whoever she... shot her left her for dead at the couch. She wasn't quite dead. She fell to the floor, managed to reach the end table, knocked it over. And... Yeah, and started to read a magazine or something, because there's one right under her head. Not read. Oh. Actually, she tore a page out. All she was able to do. No writing on it? No. Which means... Let's see. One side's the back cover. The other's a full-page advertising for Hamilton watches. Hmm. Maybe she wanted to know what time it was. It's a bad joke, but I don't feel good. She's evidently trying to tell us something with that ad. Something about her murderer. Hey, maybe the guy who shot her was a watchmaker, huh? Yeah, possibly that. More obviously that his name was Hamilton. But, yeah. uh, so far as we know, there's been no Hamilton connected with the case, and... Would be stretching coincidence too far, anyway. That he made clue like that, no. We'll have to wait. Are you calling the cops? Yeah, they can wait, too. I'm calling the Blairs. You want to let Carol know her husband is now a widower? I want to find out who's home. Hello? Carol? Simon Templer. Simon? You found Jimmy? Not exactly. Carol, is your uncle in? No, he went for a walk. In the park, he was upset. Thanks, so... Carol. Goodbye. Come on, Louie. Where are we going? We're upset, too. So let's make it the park. And that's the first portion of The Saint, starring Vincent Price. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Come with us to the Caribbean on Royal Caribbean's newest ship, the Symphony of the Seas, February 16th through the 23rd. The largest passenger ship in the world offers 19 specialty restaurants. We're planning special events just for our group, including a cocktail party, a trivia contest, and auditions to win a starring role in our very own onboard live radio reenactment show. Kelly Cruises and Tours is our exclusive travel partner. Visit kellycruises.com slash classic radio. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to The Saint. You know, this here just happens to be a very, uh, very dark part. Mm. No sign of Uncle Theobald. It's the Templar. You think there's something phony about him taking a walk this time of night? Phony? Hmm, not necessarily. Let's call it dangerous. No, I'm nervous. Let's not. Maybe, uh, maybe he used to be a watchmaker. Mm, that's possible. Mr. Temple, you know, I just thought of something else. You kind of stopped looking for Jimmy Snyder. You think it's, it's hopeless? I don't know. Other things to worry about first. For Snyder, if he's still alive... You wouldn't bet on that, huh? Hey, look. Up ahead by the side of the road. Yeah, Leobold. Waiting for the traffic lights to change. Not many cars are driving around through the park this time of night. But there is one parked down the road a bit. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Lights change. 
He's starting to cross. Oh, there's the car. Theobald! Theobald! He ain't heard you. He's out on the roadway. Theobald! <laughs> the car hit him. No lights, no license plate type. Is he dead? No. Car just sideswiped him. Oh, hey, Theobald. Hello, sir? Bad driving? Hmm? No, no. No, murderous driving. That car tried to kill you. Theobald, we'll get an ambulance for you. You'll be all right, but... Look, I've got to know something. You have a place of your own besides Carol's house? I... Oh, yes. I keep a small room. Shabby vanity of mine. But it belongs to me. Where is it? 19 Tennis Place. Apartment 3. Have fun, man. Oh. Louis, go get help for him. I'll wait till you get back and then... Yeah? Then we'll remember the forgotten man. Hmm. This here ain't a very elegant dump. Louis, I'm worried. About who's killing everybody? No, I think that's fairly clear. Oh, you speak for yourself, John. But Mary's dying action, it puzzles me. That ad for watches, it seems to point nowhere. Ads an unnecessary complication. To me, all complications are unnecessary. You know, Mr. Templer, maybe what you need is a secretary. A what? All I said was a secretary. Louie, I love you. What? Look, this is my busy weekend. Please. Here's apartment three. Oh. This is where he hangs out when he ain't being rich. Hey? Yeah. From back there. It's his closet. Oh, look now, but that there must be Jimmy Snyder all tied up and gagged. You're quite right, Louie. I better untie him. No, Louie. Huh? You better make a phone call. Who to? The police. Mr. Snyder can untie himself without too much difficulty, I suspect. Uh, hey, hey, he's got a hand I free. rather thought he would. I'll take that gun and... Oh. Oh. You, you felt you had to do that? Of course. He wasn't tied up very good. No. He, you, but... All right, I'll phone the police. Yeah, but what'll I tell them? To come and pick up Mr. James Snyder, vanishing bridegroom and murderer. Simon, I don't understand. How could it have been Jimmy? Well, he was married to Marie. Marie and her happy little trigger man, Dugan, were preparing to blackmail him as soon as he'd married you, Carol. Jimmy didn't care for the program, and so... So he killed him. Right, Louie. Huh. Your uncle also knew, so that meant that he, too, would have to die. But Jimmy tried to arrange it so that Theobald's death would seem to be an accident. After he ran him down in the park, he went to Theobald's apartment and tied himself up. He knew someone would find him there shortly. And everybody would have thought that Uncle had killed Marie and Dugan. Simon, however did you know? Marie. She was murdered in her living room. She was wearing a nightgown at the time. It's hardly likely she would have received any ordinary visitor in that state. Yeah, except her husband, Jimmy. Uh, right, Louis. Only now, look, what's the business with the watch ad? Well, we know that Marie Dying tore a page out of a magazine. Obviously because that page contained an indication of who had killed her. Wait a minute, all that page contained was an ad for Hamilton watches? Oh, you're forgetting something, Louie. Yeah? What was Marie doing the first time that we met her? She was, uh... Oh, yeah, she was reading a book. About? Uh, uh... American history. Mm-hmm, I remembered that. And then when you mentioned the word secretary... Yeah, this I mentioned, all right. I knew whom she'd named as her murderer. Uh-huh. I still don't know. 
Louis. Yeah? Look, in American history, who was Alexander Hamilton? Oh, oh, the, the Pilgrim Father. No. Pilgrim Son? Louis. What? Alexander Hamilton was the first Secretary of the Treasury. Aha. Uh-huh. So? So, who's the Secretary of the Treasury today? Oh, well, that's a guy named, uh, uh, wait a minute, let me look at a dollar bill. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And Jimmy Snyder was a suspect. So it goes to show people ought to read American history. You know, Marie was awfully bright. I'm not. I feel terrible, Simon. You needn't, Carol. You'll get over Jimmy. Do you think so, Simon? How? Well, uh, um, uh, Louis. Hmm? Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Temple? Please go take a cab. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now, here is our star, Vincent Price. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. This script of the saint was written by Louis Vitties. In our cast, you heard Viola Vaughn as Marie and Sharon Douglas as Carol. Sheldon Leonard was Dugan, Ted Osborne, Uncle Theobald. Frank Gerstel was Lieutenant Archer. Louis is played by Larry Dobkin. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Vincent Price is soon to be seen co-starring with Errol Flynn and Michelin Prell in William Marshall's production of Bloodline. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are now on sale at all newsstands. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. And that's The Saint from February 11th, 1951, with the missing bridegroom starring Vincent Price, as heard on NBC. Before we tune into part one of People Are Funny, I want to remind you to go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Check out all the fun stuff we have there, including a podcast of this show. We're always one week behind on our podcast because we want to let our radio stations have the latest and greatest Hollywood 360 episode, but you can always check out our podcast, which is one week behind, at Hollywood360radio.com. All right, it's time now for People Are Funny. People remember this show on television, but it started on radio. Art Linkletter was your host, and he proved week after week that people are indeed funny. And uh, this uh, episode is from 1956, part one now of People Are Funny. Should the bride be acquainted with the groom before the marriage ceremony? In respectable circles, yes, but not tonight on... People Are Funny! Yes, NBC presents John Goodell's production of People Are Funny, transcribed from Hollywood. And now here's America's top master of ceremonies, Art Linkletter! I know, you're all expecting to get something from me. But it's a nice, warm welcome anyway. And it uh, comes at just the right time for a very distressed girl backstage who probably heard this applause. We just picked her out of the audience to try to demonstrate tonight that all the world loves a lover. In other words, people will do almost anything for two lovers in distress. 
And tonight we've got a couple of people who are not only in distress, but, the, well, to tell you how tough it is, they're bride and groom, and they've never met each other yet. Wait till you see what happens. Where is our bride? Will you bring her out? Oh, she's a pretty little bride, and I can tell she's a bride because she has a bridal veil on. And her name is Miss? Jean Parker. And Jean, talk nice and loud so we can all hear you and tell us, where do you come from? In Kalispell, Montana. Who? Kalispell, Montana. Where is Kalispell? It's Montana. <laughs> it's just a little town? Yes, it's a small town. How many people? About 9,000. And you're how old? 19. And what are you doing in Los Angeles? Going to school. And uh, you're unmarried? Yes, I am. That's why you volunteered out of the audience? Yes. You don't know what's going to happen to you? I haven't an idea. Well, now, I've got to ask you a couple of very important questions. Would you get married if you found the right man? Sure. What is the right man like, in your opinion? Oh, he's generous. Yes. Um, handsome. Uh-huh. What age? Well, about 23. 23, uh-huh. Maybe I got just a fellow for you. Bring out the groom, please. How do you do? What a handsome fella. You ever met this man? No, I haven't. Your name, sir? Warren Schultz. Warren, meet Gene Parker. Hello, Gene. Hi. This is the man we picked to be your groom. Oh. Are you generous? I think so. Is he handsome? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you eligible? Uh, no, sir. Not quite. You're not single? Not now. You're married? Yes, sir. Children? Only two. Oh, gee, isn't that awful? You can't really want somebody else's husband, can you? Well. We're in a kind of a dilemma here. <laughs> well, she says. Well, now, this is actually what we've done. We've picked these two people out of the audience to send them out to be a bride and groom. Now, you're eligible, but you're not. But you can remember what it was like, can't you? How long have you been married? Thirteen years. Yeah. Were you in the war? Yes, I was. What did you do in the war? Well, I was one of the crushed hat boys. Crushed hat? Mm-hmm. I was a pilot for the Air Force. Ah, were you, uh, how'd you do? Well, I started out real good and didn't wind up so good. What do you mean you didn't wind up so well? Well, I was a guest of the German people for a short while. Oh, you were in a German prison camp? Yes, sir. Oh, well, then going through a marriage ceremony again will be nothing for you. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, actually, we don't have in mind you two getting married, but we do have in mind having the two of you pretend that you're on your way to a wedding ceremony. Now, this isn't just enough. Irv, would you bring in something else for the young lady? Here's a a pretty little bridal corsage for you and some some rice. (laughs) And uh, a little uh, Balenciaga perfume behind your ears. (laughs) We've got you all set. But there is a very important old American tradition when it comes to a wedding. There should be something at the wedding, something old, something... Blue. Something blue, something... New. New, and something... Borrowed. Yeah, you got the whole thing off meter there. Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. Now, this is what we're going to do tonight with the two of you. We're going to send you out to the streets of Hollywood to see whether or not people will help two folks who are on their way to getting married and do not have everything that a marriage tradition calls for. And to decide what you're going to try to get... Would you pick one of these two slips of paper, and would you open it up, and would you read what you have gotten there? Something old, something new. All right. Now, that means that you get something borrowed and something blue. But, ladies and gentlemen, since this is people are funny, we are not interested in things. We're interested in people. And so tonight, 
We're going to send you two out separately, working alone, because this is the battle of the sexes. Once you've been married, you'll find out what that means. <laughs> and you must bring back someone old and someone new. Now, how old is someone old, in your opinion? Sixty. Anybody over sixty. And now someone new will make anybody under six. And you must bring back someone borrowed and someone blue. In other words, you must borrow a woman from a husband or a sweetheart or from somebody to whom she belongs, one way or the other. And somebody blue is somebody who looks melancholy and out an old sourpuss. Now, of course, you can't tell them you're from People Are Funny. You can tell them you need witnesses at the wedding or best men or anything and that you're in a rush. And the first one of you back to the program, before we sign off the air, with uh, someone that you've picked, gets a beautiful 21-inch Stromberg Carlson console model television set. Now, let's see who does the best job. A single girl, inexperienced, innocent. A single girl. <laughs> or a, a married man. Out on the streets of Hollywood tonight looking for help for two lovers. So on your way, come back. The first one back wins the prize. Say goodbye to them, audience. There you go. You know, he's the one really taking the chance because if he borrows somebody's wife, brings her back here, he may find the guy doesn't want her back and he'll be stuck with two. Before we went on the air, ladies and gentlemen, I selected this uh, guest of ours right out of the studio audience. Because he put his hand up when I asked for men who love babies. And do uh, you have any particular reason, sir, for loving babies? Well, I've had uh, three children of my own. Yeah. And we have five grandchildren. And your name is? Frank Case, C-A-S-E. Where are you from, Frank? Syracuse, New York. And you retired man? That's right. Mr. Case, uh, you like children? Yes, I and do. And you'd like to win a prize? Yeah, sure. Two things. Well, they fit together very interestingly tonight because on this raised playpen, which does not happen to have any bars on it because we don't want any children hanging around bars on this show, we have placed several different kinds of prizes. There's a people are funny game worth a dollar and 49 cents. There's a lemon there that's worth about a nickel. There's a stereo realist camera worth $160. There's a $500 strand of genuine Duchess pearls. And there's a diamond ring out there by Lucien Picard worth $1,000 in cash. Some rather interestingly different prizes, don't so. you think? Yes. Now, this is where the baby begins to get into the picture. The baby is going to select the prize that you get on People Are Funny Tonight, Mr. Case. And you can talk to the baby and encourage it, but you can't touch it or hand it anything. And whatever the baby picks out, you get. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's our prize picker. Young Mr. Gowdy, look at him. Hi. And would you put him right up here in the playpen and right down on his knees? There you are. And give me the little thing. Now, this young fella is going to start and he's beginning to look at things. Oh, the first thing he did was pick up a $500 string of pearls. Now, start the clock, boys. Start the clock because... In a minute and a half, whatever this child is holding, you can have, Mr. Case. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, uh, the baby is sitting there, and he's got a hold of the pearls. You coax him, Mr. Case. You hold it up and let Grampy see it. You hold it up to Grampy. Can you show it to Grampy? He's just sitting there. Come on. 
You don't like that over there. That's what you like. Oh, he picked up the sign, but he didn't pick up the diamond ring. He's got a hold of the pearls. Uh-huh. He picked up the sign. If if he if he keeps the sign, you get the diamond ring too. Thirty seconds. He's got a hold of the pearls. Come on, honey. Boop boop. Hello. Twenty seconds, and he's got a hold of the pearls. Ten seconds, and Grandpa is really talking to him. Hello. Five seconds. Time's up. Well, Grandpa Case, you almost had the two biggest prizes. He picked up the thousand-dollar diamond ring. He put the thousand-dollar diamond ring down. And isn't he a handsome young fella? He still got a hold of the pearls, and those beautiful Duchess pearls are yours. As a matter of fact, we'll give you the child too. Pop, Grandpa Case from Syracuse, New York, came out with a five-hundred-dollar prize and a new grandson. That's the first portion of People Are Funny from 1956, starring Art Linkletter. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. Ocean's 8. It's rated PG-13. It's the female's answer to the three previous Ocean Heist movies. It's hard to believe that the first one opened in 2001. This one stars Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, and Anne Hathaway as the leads. The setting is the Met Gala, the Metropolitan Art Museum's fundraiser for their Costume Institute. The girls plan to rob a necklace valued at $150 million and then, of course, split the money. Let's take a listen. Do you know this one? Debbie Ocean, convicted felon. Her brother, Danny Ocean, more convicted felon. She was present on the night of the incident. In the director's chair is Gary Ross of one of my all-time favorite films, Pleasantville, in 1998. He also has screenplay credit. Here's another clip. We would like to present you all with a hypothetical situation. How hypothetical? Not very, unless we screw up. It's called the Tucson. It's over six pounds of diamonds. Valued at over a hundred million dollars. A hundred and fifty million, actually. <laughs> and we are going to rob it. The bottom line? I'm in. Three stars out of four. Ocean's 8 is a glam caper at heart, along with enjoyable eye candy for fans of New York City. It provides a smart, glitzy, comical film to savor and enjoy. The clothes alone? Yep, those are worth the price of admission. The only drawback is the underdeveloped narrative for all of the co-stars. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the conclusion to People Are Funny. Plus, we'll have a true crime story on I Was a Communist for the FBI, starring Dana Andrews. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.